Well, this is interesting. Matt, in person, how are you? <laughs> Finally get to meet. <laughs> yes. My name is Stefan Stelter. And my name is Matt Brown. <laughs> we're excited to host Cloud Chat live and in person. This is fascinating experience. Fascinating. Wonderful to see you. Way, took way too long to do this, but yes, very, very nice to see you in person. Likewise. Likewise. Yeah, no, no virtual stuff, no yes. weird things or dogs barking or yes. birds yelling. Yes. <laughs> These are all things that we've managed Yes. To avoid, or we will manage to avoid for the next... And we're in a real office. It's fascinating. Coming to you from RTP. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. Where there is a data center, which is also interesting, tying some of our other cloud chats together. That data center. Keep them. Don't keep them. Will they continue to exist? We walked through a couple. It's been a lot of fun. It was fascinating, wasn't it? It sure was. I think a lot of people don't realize what it takes to you know, provide all that capability. And you can kind of get understand why people want to move to the cloud to not have to worry about all that. But when you walk through it, you can see the magnitude of equipment that somehow needs to be replicated somewhere else. Yes. It, now it's just not an academic conversation. It's actually a real conversation. You know, behind every server is an application, and behind every application is a business process that has to somehow stop or change or indeed evolve. So, yeah, it was a very fascinating thing. Even though I grew up in the data centers, it's always a reminder to go back and see how much it takes to keep... The business running. And the problem at scale becomes interesting, too. And there's such a variety of scales when it comes to data centers to see, you know, this is one point, the data center that NetApp has here in RTP is of a certain scale, and it can accommodate a certain number of devices. There are larger and there are smaller. Oh, yeah. And the systems that support them vary. Uh, It's interesting to look at them and to look at, imagine the sunk cost in data centers that are all over. Oh, my goodness. The world. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting, too. We saw a couple of what I would call older pieces of equipment. And when you inquired, why is it old? They go, well, it can't be turned off because it provides a critical management of a critical process. Yeah. And you're like, so this isn't just a technology conversation, is it? Yeah. If it's supporting a critical process, that means that critical process has to stop to make that change. So then yeah. you start to get the scope of really what it takes to move a data center from on-prem. Indeed. To the cloud. Indeed. It's very fascinating. This isn't yeah. just a technology conversation. Yes. How do, what, what processes need to change, do they? Uh, and it is interesting as we come together and you know, being physically in the same place, that how will that resumption of work look in the IT sense? Um, certainly all the gear has always been in the data center. Yep. Even while COVID was happening, yep. the gear did not need to wear masks. The gear right, was right, turning right. away doing its <laughs> right, thing. Right. Um, and we left it alone for a while and we are coming back to it. I'm sure some people went into the data center, but it's interesting to see how, what will have changed as we come back. Yeah. And look at- well, and it's funny too, because, you know, walking through the data center too, there's, there is an implied, you want to call it, I'm going to use the word governance. That's not probably a fair word here, but if you have fixed racks and you have fixed people doing things every day, there's people managing it. Maybe managing is yeah. a good word to start with. Um, when you move that tangible from a physical data center into a logical space, that management still needs to happen, right? Yes. And it needs to be actually need to be actually even more sensitive because now you're moving it beyond your control and things like security, costs, agility, flexibility all become more of a thing. At least when I was yeah. in a box, I knew how much that box can do. Yes. Right? And now I and don't you have knew a box. Physically, where it physically, and I knew physically to put yeah, it. Yeah. I knew that that was important and that was yes. important. <laughs> yes. And I could provide different rules when it was physically. Yes. When I'm moving them virtually, all those things become, I think, interesting challenges. And I think yeah. when, we're, when we're seeing our peers, um, in, when we're talking to customers, our peers who are struggling with this, 
that's really all the things that are behind their minds when we're talking about moving to the cloud, yeah. right? They're going, oh, how the hell am I going to do this? Or how am I going to yeah. do that? That's what's in the back of their head. In, in my head, as you describe this, I think about, uh, this is a very odd analogy, but um, there's a, when you, th- when you throw something off of a high height, and it might be because I have a fear of heights, but as I'm, as I'm dropping something from a high height, this action of letting it go and realizing you won't be able to get, back. To get it back, yeah. or like a balloon that you've got, and you realize... Just a bit of anxiety. Like if I let this balloon go, it's going to go somewhere else. Somewhere else. Yeah. That, and that you lose and control once of I it. can't reach it anymore, right. it's that loss of control. I wonder if that's it has a to feeling be when you go into the... If, if you're caring and feeding for this service, this capability on-premises, as you bring it into the cloud, and at some point you have to let it let it go, the tethers are... Because your responsibilities gone. don't change. Yeah. Right. The security people are still responsible for the security. The applications people are still responsible for making sure the users can access it, that doesn't application. Doesn't feel like there's a great hope that that's all done somewhere <laughs> else by someone else. Right? There's a, a sense because you know that it's being done in your physical data center for you. The security people are doing that. There's physical security, obviously, but there are other elements to security, also obviously. Um, but you know that it's these folks in security. They're in that room and they know how to do those things. When it's in the cloud, there's also that sense of, I wonder if security people feel that same sense of like, I can't get physically to the security devices. They want to know they can, but see that's, I think everything you're saying is the apprehension why we're, our customers are facing going to the cloud, right? Yeah. How How? You're saying go to the cloud, and I'm thinking about, well, how am I going to do all this stuff? And I'm trying to help you go to the cloud, but I'm not really understanding what's causing your hesitation. And everything we're talking about is all the hesitation behind it, right? And I think it's fascinating. Because the other piece that comes into play is the, you know, we heard examples in one of your sessions about a customer who moved one server to the cloud. And they went from a very predictable sunk cost, and let's take a side note here, most IT shops do not pay for data centers. That's in the facilities thing. So they don't pay for the data center. Um, most IT shops buy hardware that gets uh, uh, depreciated at th- a three-year schedule. And if they go beyond three years, there is no depreciation anymore. So in essence, I don't want to say it's free, but it's there is no uh, cost, operational right, cost to it. Right. And now I'm moving to a model where it's all operational. Well, this instance, all of a sudden, not paying for uh, facilities and... Uh, sunk cost in terms of a long depreciated, long go depreciated item goes into a, a cloud and now it's costing me $18,000 a month or $18,000 a day was the example yes. they gave us, right? Yes. A real world example. Well, how do you justify that, right? Yes. And more importantly, how do you manage that? And is it a situation where they went and bought peak because they want to guarantee the service that they had before because that's the world they lived in and now the cost model is just different, right? So how do I, how do I evolve from there? And I think there's a, a lot of conversations to be had because I think that's actually why that seems really high and expensive. I imagine there's probably examples like that all over the place. Yes. So then, how do you how do you bring some of those controls back? How do you bring some of that essence of really managing what you need versus you know <laughs> a grotesque maybe overusage in that connotation to really get to the core of really what the service is about? I, I don't know. There's something there. I think there is. And it, it seems like there's a there's a shift in the things you need to worry about, um, in that that governance. Yeah, yeah I think so too. And uh, if, when you think about the things that are important when you own the asset versus the the 
maybe the changing of importance to other areas when it becomes something that is operationalized. There's some measures of... Well, and, and to contrast and compare, the data center, if I were to ask those folks in the data center, how much network is this one server using? I guarantee they could probably tell me what it is. How much CPUs am I using? How much power am I using? They can see all that. In the cloud, I no longer can see all that. I'm just getting a bill. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. I, now, don't get me wrong. I can look and get, Log I can in and get, get, I can get some information stuff, yeah. about it. Um, but I have to then... I mean, if I have 50 servers, I'm not going to log into every server to manage that. Although when I'm, it's in my data center, I know my working capacity at any given time. As a collective, I may or may not have that in the cloud, right? Yeah. Well, but, I, do, I wonder about that. Do you have the ability, it, depending on how you're keeping track of these things, are you... As uh, an aggregate? Yes. I know it, are a, there means... Well, there I, are, when, there when are lots of the things tools. that you, that you yeah. do on-premises, you can use some of that, that capture and collection. How is, what is the health of this? virtual device and how is it how much cpu and memory is it using yeah well, you, uh, do you bring your traditional tools with you to the cloud i don't think do i don't think that works <laughs> yeah. i don't know the, the cloud offers all kinds of tools it's, it's interesting in that conversation i think one of the most interesting tools that we have that's new to our toolkit is things like cloud checker and for me personally being a management working from a guy who started his career in 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 the in the data center it was quite refreshing to be able to see a tool that not only can tell you what you're using, but more importantly, tell me you was idle and not being used, yeah. and make recommendations for alternative capabilities. And I don't yes. want to go too far down that pace, but it also can make alternatives for like Spot, right? Yep. Different alternative methods to help me achieve those goals. Um, so those are, I think, tools that can help alleviate some of the conversations that we were having about how do you change, uh, how do you get customers comfortable? Yeah. How do you get them more? How do you give them the tools that maybe they're they're losing when moving to the cloud? I think that may be a great a great opportunity to see how that could maybe help ease yes. that pain a little bit. Part of me thinks uh, about this transition as you go into the cloud and you do things in the cloud the way that you did them on premises to some extent, right? You're thinking about CPUs. Rather than being within a, a physical box, you're thinking about them in this you know, completely abstract construct. But going well beyond the things that just that copying of approaches, but the serverless approaches, right? right. These oh, things yeah. that oh, are yeah. completely different, oh, completely yeah. unique, uh, and and bringing on capabilities that you don't have uh, on premises, or it would be very difficult for you to bring up, like a, an AI. Um, capability where suddenly that becomes a very large, expensive project. If you want to dabble and see how right, AI right, right, and ML right. might might help your business as you're you're making widgets, if you could make them more efficiently or more effectively, if uh, it improved the quality by doing some AI work on data that you're collecting, it'd be nice to be able to do that without investing a whole bunch in right, infrastructure right, right. to do it. But what does that look like, and how do what does the instrumentation look like? Because now it's it's something that's completely different. I'm right, relying right. on uh, the analytics engine that's provided by the serverless infrastructure from the cloud. Um, I I don't know if Cloud Checker can instrument those things that are non traditional infrastructure and help you get a sense for non traditional infrastructure mimicked in the cloud. Right, 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 what right, is, right. What does serverless look like? I still think it becomes a what tool to at least give you an idea of what idle resources are, yeah. whether it's traditional or non traditional, though. Yeah. So, but that's actually that's a very great. interesting concept. Um, well, it's interesting too, because I, I know in our own IT shop, you know, we're facing these real world challenges about how do you make this, I'm, I'm going to use the word leap. That's not fair because it's not really a leap. It's a migration. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a slow, methodical change. But it is a, a whole different uh, set of looking at your, your responsibilities don't change, right? 
You're still here to provide capabilities, to provide service, to provide the agility, to keep it secure, make it available, um, and supposedly take less time of your time to help deliver those capabilities. And I think that's the biggest challenge is how do you make that transition, right? Yeah. And, you, and, and it's not like you're moving everything at the same time. You're moving everything piecemeal. So how do you do it in an order that you can consume that change and eventually transition from worrying about the power and the cooling and the the what's in what rack and where to now actually focusing on what the capabilities that you're providing. So I think that transition is something that's, it's, yes. it is a, a, a thing that will take time. And it will take, uh, you have to understand that with your customers, that it's not something, it's not you just turn off a light switch, right? There's a, there's a process behind that. There's a methodology that needs behind that. And then how we help is providing them the capabilities and the tools that they need to do that. Yes. I, we, we had chatted a little bit about aligning to business processes and finding out how does, you know, with some of the changes, your job doesn't change, but it does change in some ways. Oh, the way, yeah. yeah, right. So how do, how do we leverage some of the ways that it's changed to help improve the way that IT interacts with the business process side of things? Is that a... Well, well back to that example where the person at the data center clearly understood it was a critical process that supported. We were aware of those critical processes, right? But those critical processes... IT needs to understand them more to offer them to offer alternatives while we're migrating that from a physical box to running maybe somewhere else, right? Yes. Which implies IT needs to understand more about how the business is actually consuming these services and be more involved in the process itself to help that orderly transition. Because you're never going to turn them off. No. Imagine running a hospital or yeah. something that's really a nuclear power plant. You can't just say we're going to stop monitoring it for 14 days while IT makes the change. That's yeah. not. So how yeah. do you going to make that transition? IT needs to understand how these processes work so we can figure out that path to transition to moving it from a physical to a, a more of a cloud-based type of a service. Yeah. And those are things that we have to be sensitive about our customers. And the more we understand that, the more we can offer opportunities to help alleviate that. So, yeah, maybe that's exactly the inflection point, the opportunity as we, uh, as customers are exploring this new world of, of cloud. It's not so new anymore. But as <laughs> it feels new. It's new to them, right? And it feels new. The, 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 yeah. I talk to customers is, every day, and I feel like they're just. We just learned about this thing about cloud, and we need to get there. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> yes. Well, that maybe that's the inflection point in the organization where IT can, the most forward-thinking IT organizations can bring uh, a new perspective to the process side of things and make Thank sure you. that we're getting looped in and tied in. And the more, and, and actually the more IT understands the process, I, I honestly believe the more opportunities we can give the business as alternatives to help support that process even better. Love it. Good stuff. Yeah. Fun food for always, thought. Always thanks, fun thanks chatting with you. <laughs> Wonderful to do it in person. Yes, thanks yes, everybody yes, for yes. joining us for this episode of Cloud Chat with Stefan and Matt. If you enjoyed this conversation, please like, subscribe, comment, uh, Alarm, alert, do things that uh, indicate that you yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, reach out. Say hi. Yes. Love to hear from you. Absolutely. <laughs> Have a great day. Until the next one. <laughs>